episode 16 fireside chat with keen singles stream seller part two hey there hope you enjoyed the first half of my chat with keen one of my favorite snippets among the many great sound bites and thoughts from keen in part one was this concept of 10 80 and 10 and i made some content around that concept on instagram and i won't explain it here because i'm assuming that you listened to the first half i don't think these numbers were plucked out of thin air although If I was an experienced interviewer or podcaster, which I'm not, I might have asked where these numbers came from. But I imagine that it does come from this concept called the Pareto Principle. That's P-A-R-E-T-O Principle, which according to everyone's favorite online dictionary slash information source online, Wikipedia says that it is a principle that states that for many outcomes, roughly 80% of consequences come from 20% of cases, also known as the vital few. This comes from not Mr. Pareto himself, but it's a principle created by, again, this is all Wikipedia. It's not like I have all this information off the top of my head, but from a management consultant Joseph Joran, Joran Joran, who made this up based on reading the works of Italian sociologist and economist Vil or Villafredo, I think maybe Vilfredo, Pareto, my eyes are not very good reading this. Other names for this principle are the 80-20 rule, the law of the vital few, like I just mentioned, or the principle of factor sparsity. And I don't want to like get into this too deep because this is supposed to be about the hobby and cards. But, you know, just know that this concept exists all around us and has been applied successfully to business principles, economics, quality control. You know, just check Wikipedia. Uh, But it's also, and this is what I want to mention, I guess, also is it does factor into life. Just think about your own job where 80% of the stress comes from 20% of the work or 80% of your workday comes from 20% of your job duties. 80% of the work done comes from 20% of the workers, you know, something like that. And yet, uh, you know, I go, I go through this whole thing explaining the Pareto principle, but I'm also thinking about a bell curve. Okay. So think about picture in your mind, a two dimensional X, Y graph, you know, the lines, you know, I'm sorry if I'm giving some of you PTSD with school, but I also imagine that if you're listening to this, that you are pretty smart because you've chosen a great podcast, of course. So think about a bell curve on an XY graph where the outer, the outlier parts are 10% on each side. And then there's this meaty large part of the graph that looks like a bell. Maybe I'm thinking of meat bell, taco bell. I don't know just had dinner. So maybe uh, I'm not as hungry as I would be. Although wait to the end of this episode and you might get hungry yourself too. (laughs) Just uh, 
little joke about the end of the episode where Keenan and I talk about uh, the foods that he likes because he does uh, incorporate some of that into his vlogging on YouTube. Um, but going to this 10%, 80%, 10%, I feel that, again, not rehashing what was spoken in part one, but I think for my own mental health, I do need to work better on focusing on the right 10%. Because any time that I give towards trying to appease the incorrect 10%, is less time that I would spend on nurturing relationships within the correct 10%, as well as developing new relationships within the bell curve of the 80%. And that kind of goes back to my whole concept or idea that I said early on, the Goldilocks and the Three Bears, where, you know, my soup, my content, my podcast, whatever it is, you know, it may be too hot or too cold for some folks, but hopefully it's just right for some of you. And I'm certainly not telling... Y'all had a hobby or how to go through life or what to do with this information. Um, if, if anything, this is really just me thinking this out loud, reflecting on the conversation I had with Keen and trying to learn from it. So part of my process is, I guess in a way, processing this information. So, you know, thank you for divulging or thank you for indulging me as I just talk that out loud. <clears throat> so... Turning to this, uh, this second half of my talk with Keen, we delve more into selling singles online, bio streaming platforms, his uh, choice being whatnot. And here's the thing about selling on whatnot, okay? Uh, and I've mentioned this in the earlier chapter episodes. People think it's easy because you go into a stream like Keen's and other good streamers and they make it look easy. But it's not just turn the stream, go live, make a lot of money and call it a day. You have to absorb so many losses. You have to deal with the debt streams. There's the pre-work. There's the post-work. Again, the whole concept of hosting a party. And there's a lot of obstacles along the way. And I wish that we got into this more, but, you know, he did make content about how he got scammed. Um, and that's going to happen to all of us. And that's something that I want to talk about in a future episode as well. But in a way, streaming, it is, like, great that, uh, the cream rises to the top. Um, the best and, and entertaining and most value streamers, they're the ones who end up being successful and popular. So it's kind of like free competition. You know, yes, it's Uber. Anyone can drive an Uber, but at least as a buyer, you don't randomly get selected a streamer. You get to choose which Uber you want to go into. And so the ones that are the most successful, the ones that have the five-star ratings, the ones that are well-regarded, it's Darwinian almost. It's almost like the strongest survive, or at least in this case also, it's not just the strongest, but it's like the most resolute. It's the ones who grind it out and the ones who really put in the hard work, the full-time, the overtime, not just the part-time. So for people who want to make it a side hustle, you know, it's it's really hard because you're going against streamers who are doing it full-time. And not a lot of us can just drop everything and become a full-time streamer either. So if you are a new single streamer trying to do it from your home or you got approved to sell and whatnot and you want to do it or you're thinking about it, you know, your first stream, you're going to be timid. You'll be shy. Uh, you also might be afraid and not just afraid about camera presence, but afraid to take losses on cards, not run things for auctions. You know, no one's in the stream. 
you know, uh, there's a lot of, again, the Uber or Lyft driving concepts. There's a lot of tons, there, there are tons of cars out there. Okay. And they're roaming the streets of your city, looking to pick up passengers. And so what really makes you stand out versus everyone else, you know, it's gotta be something value entertainment, but in the end, even if you're not successful, because a lot of us don't, I mean, it's, you know, it's the Pareto principle maybe in effect, but I really do admire those of you, those of us, because I've tried to, but I admire those of us who try it because then maybe you get a sense of appreciation. Maybe you understand, deeply understand to your bones, how hard it is to be on the other side of the stream, to be the seller, to be the host of the party. Um, because there's a lot of us who won't jump into the arena, right? I mean, it's just, we just want to buy or like, we just want to, you know, we're within our comfort zones. We just do things that are easy for us, but to really grow as a person, I just really do think that you have to step out of your comfort zone and that is scary. Um, but I think that there's a lot of growth that comes out of that. So Keen and I, we talk about customer acquisition costs, or we did, and we talk about taking losses in the short term, but in return, possibly setting yourself up for the long term. Because if you're in this hobby for the money and for the love of it, you should be thinking long term. If you're in it just for the money, if you're a flipper, then sure, you can think short term because it can be purely transactional. You know, if you're a flipper, I imagine you're not even listening to this podcast because I don't intend for this podcast to be about flipping and hot and cold cards and card show pickups and prices of cards and, you know, things about instant liquidity. But if you love this hobby, but also want to make some hobby money as a single seller on the side, uh, again, maybe have it be your main hustle, it would behoove you to learn from Keen. But of course, he is just one person, just one voice in the hobby. I think a really good one, but he's still one opinion, one voice in the hobby. And even this podcast and my own point of view, I'm just one person. I'm just one voice in the hobby. And so before you take that leap into trying to be a seller on, say, Whatnot or Drip, Card Shop Live, wherever else, I think it's a good idea to reach out to those who do do it and are successful at it, of course, um, but maybe you could learn from those who are not successful as well. But to pick their brains, see if they have any tips for you. Maybe you'll find out that also that it's not for you. It's just not for you. But it's best to get well-rounded perspectives by asking as many people as you can. And that, that right there is where the community aspect comes into play and not just lone wolfing it because you can be a lone wolf. You can also just not be on social media you can also not be on youtube you could not have your own podcast or you just whatever you can just lone wolf it in the hobby but that to me just takes me back to the time when we were all like that not by design but we had to be um just because there was no social media and i know a lot of people uh you know, hate it or don't like it sorry better word but there's also so much utility that comes from it and so much relationship building. So I'm just of the mindset that social media, like technology, anything, I guess, really in the world, it can be used for good or evil. And 
um, kind of goes back to the 10, 80, 10. Um, there are 10% people who are going to love me no matter what I do, no matter how bad this podcast is, they'll love me or they'll like me a lot. And that's awesome. And then there are, you know, people who it doesn't matter what I do or what anyone else does for that matter. Cause it's not just me that they're coming after. It's they're going after a bunch of people, you know, they're just unhappy people in their lives and they just need to get their, you know, they need to dip buckets. They need to, you know, rain on people's parades. Sorry. I just don't have time for that. I really can't get into it too much, you know? And then there's the 80%. There's a lot of people who, for instance, for instance, for example, who have no clue that this podcast exists. And so I'm hopeful that I can capture a lot of folks, um, in my, I don't know, like hungry, hungry hippo mouth to bring them in to the community. And <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that game when I was a kid. But you know what I'm saying, like just to get more eyeballs and more ears, whatever it is, um, really to to hear from people like Keen and from my other guests and the guests I will have in the future. Like, I just think that, you know, I feel really fortunate to be hopefully building something special here. Um, I really don't know. Again, it's barely been a month, but I can't believe how awesome of a month it has been. And I really enjoy this. I feel like I'm doing so much more podcasting than I thought I would uh, and that my hobby time gets directed towards the uh, podcast, which means less buying and selling and transacting, putting things up on eBay, less time to, um, you know, custom make custom card art to clean cards, um, a bunch of things that you do in the hobby. But I love it. I think it's great. So, all right. I think that I have said a, a lot of what I want to say. This monologue or this intro did go longer than maybe other ones or that or than what I expected, mainly because I got sidetracked, which is what usually happens. But uh, this is also a shorter interview part because this was my shortest interview to date. Um, we had to squeeze it in uh, within an hour. And so we knew we had a hard stop time. So, you know, um, hope you enjoy it. Uh, without further ado, part two. And by the way, now that I've said that multiple times, I totally get it that it rhymes. And I love it, actually. I, I think it's just uh, it's just dad jokes and dad humor. But anyway, part two of my fireside chat with Keen, singles stream seller. Enjoy. So we're at the halfway mark and I want to be mindful of your time. Uh, we're 30 minutes in to the actual chat. Um, I, I usually put some music and like filler intro stuff. Um, but I did want to ask you, so when it comes to, Oh yeah, that's right. Relationships. Yeah. It's everything in this hobby, of course. Yes. Um, yes. How important is it when someone in the chat, or in the hobby in general is nice to you? Like, do you think that helps facilitate mm -hmm. deals? Yeah. I mean, just being a good person is just, is just, uh, you just want to be around that person. You want to keep doing deals with them. Like if someone, if it's, you know, just, just like, even if you're hanging out in public or hanging out with a friend, if somebody is like negative or somebody, you just, you're the, it's the antithesis of that. You don't want to be around that, you know, but if somebody's positive and somebody, 
you know, like like we could be doing anything else in the world, but you know, we're here looking at these pieces of paper inside these plastic cases. So if you like it as much as I do and, and you know, we can have a good time over it, I'd, I'd you know, I'd, I'd prefer that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so a lot of these buyers, you, you've you never met them in person. I don't know if you've met some buyers in person, like, you know, in your local area, but or like a chose. But do you so so what someone presents to you in the chat? I mean, that's their persona to you. Right. But, you know, these buyers like they're they come into your room often, often like I'm not asking you to like shout them out or say their names, but like you do establish a rapport and a relationship with with your streamer uh, viewers and buyers. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember I shout out to Niehaus. I met Niehaus one time. Uh, he's from uh, Indiana, Indiana, but he happened to be in Burbank on work. And then we met each other at the Burbank card show, the last nice. one. And that was super cool. Um, I see a bunch of people now um, at, at shows. Like, I don't know their faces because most people in the hobby don't put their faces on their pictures. Like, it's just yeah, their logo or it's just yeah. their, their, uh, their, you know, their, their favorite card. But right. uh, they tell me, I say, hey, what's your username? I say, oh, yeah, I know you. you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a good little community. And it's, it's kind of interesting now because it used to be it used to be like if somebody I, I didn't know came up to me and they said, like, hey, I, you know, I, I watch all your YouTube stuff. That's what it used to always be. I watch your YouTube stuff. And now it's like a, a three way split between, hey, I watch all your YouTube stuff or, hey, I watch all your TikTok stuff or, hey, I, I watch all your whatnot streams. So it's like it's like the three like main platforms for me now, which is super interesting. I, I did not know you had a presence on TikTok. My apologies. My research did not go that deep, I, I guess. Uh, oh, good. It's uh the, the the algorithm seems to be changing on TikTok. So it's uh what is your handle on uh TikTok? It's a talk underscore two underscore keen. Got it. I will give you a follow and I will put that in the show notes so people can know that as well. So um do you I mean, do you like uh creating content on TikTok? Because I feel like it's so different from YouTube because YouTube is so long form and I love your vlogs and the, the, the day in the life and the Instagram, it gets yeah. shorter because of the reels. But then TikTok, I feel like it's even shorter. So, yeah, I mean, do you like creating? Yeah, I do. The, the algorithms kind of change on TikTok where it's more long form videos that are working now. Mm -hmm. uh, but the way that I create the content and again, making things more efficient um, is that uh, uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts and TikTok videos they all are essentially the same thing so i can just True. post to three different platforms yeah um but that was working about uh you know six months ago but again the algorithm has changed so i'm not really Keep sure changing. Yeah. yeah i'm not really sure how to adapt to it or i haven't taken the time to figure it out um but i yeah, feel I like posting on tiktok i feel like creators only get this but it's so frustrating to me when instagram reels is 90 seconds and i am like i got the perfect one minute 30 seconds perfect and then i go to try to uh you know do the same thing for youtube and it's like 60 seconds you got to cut it and i'm like what am i supposed to cut like i gotta cut it even shorter and like i'm yep. just like TikTok. what is it, like five seconds but like you said now it's more long form so that's good um no that's that's awesome so you got TikTok. i mean how do you have i mean i was gonna say how do you have time for all this but this is your full-time thing and you're putting overtime you yep. you have been grinding and yes you haven't been doing it for like decades but you you have really established yourself like in these worlds and people, like you said, like they just come up to you and just do, do people feel like they come up to you and like they know who you are just because you put your yeah. face out there so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because um, like I have to, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm not sure. I just get, I like people's energy. Right. So they can say, Hey, what's up? What's up, man? You know what I mean? And then I, I, I kind of reciprocate. Oh man, how you been? You know? And I'm not sure. Like, wait, did I meet them? Did I meet them before? Or did they just see me from the videos? And then, you know, 
uh, you know, anyway, that, that's funny. But uh, that's one thing people always say is that uh, when they meet me, it's like, oh, you're exactly like you are on the YouTube videos. Mm, the YouTube videos I record for like six hours straight and then yeah. I cut the best parts out. I can't be fake for six hours straight. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, the, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, that's just the way it is, you know? So it's, it's cool. People feel like they know me and understand, you know, that, that we relate and, and it just makes it, I'm, I'm a socially awkward person too. So, you know what I mean? So it makes it, <laughs> oh makes it cooler when we can like, like hang out and just like talk like we know each other for a while. So you're the most socially adjusted, socially awkward person that I've <laughs> ever met then. Um, so are you going, are you going to national? Uh, 50, 50 right now. Um, I'm, right. I'm in, like I'm in talks with a. I was talking with like whatnot about like doing something out there. So mm -hmm. I don't know, but you know that that talk hasn't gone too far. Um, I don't know. Fifty fifty. I always say I'm gonna go. Maybe next time I'll go, but maybe next time, maybe next time I'm gonna go. I don't know. Whatnot. This man is giving you guys so much business. I mean, seriously. <laughs> um. So I. This might be a really good time for an Instagram follower question and. This question comes from Javier Thompson, which is my Instagram alt account, which I will very much admit. Uh, here's the question, and I want to see what you do with it because we're. That's what I was saying. I was like, "There's actually an Instagram question." <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just you. It's well, you I, I asked me. I literally put it up two hours before our talk, and no one responded. And I'm like, "Oh man, I got to come up with something." So, <laughs> so here we go. And, and I put that up in Instagram, uh, like, because I'm not trying to hide it. Um, I, I only have one alt account, and that's that one. So here we go. Here's the question, because we're just talking about whatnot. Um, and then this will maybe get us into a little bit more discussion of whatnot, and like for the next ten minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, other than number of viewers in the room. What mm. advantage does whatnot give you as a singles streaming seller versus other platforms? Mm. Secondly, what could whatnot do better to support sellers such as yourself? Um, that's a great question. Question number one, the 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 biggest thing that that whatnot provides is fast turnover on inventory. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can just hold the card up and then it's it, it moves to the next thing. And then, you know, whereas if you take that to uh you know ebay for example that whole process is a lot a lot longer you know what i mean run an auction for seven days as opposed to 30 seconds um right you know what i mean so uh the fast turnover that's the biggest thing as far as what they can do to help i mean man they're they're so awesome and this is not just me just like saying that but they're like because they're such a small company you know what i mean they can move and change like quickly and if i tell them hey there's there's an issue with like you know, they ask for, for feedback and say, hey, you know, on this page is like this issue. The next day it's done. You know what I mean? Whereas like it's fixed. Whereas on eBay, if you have that change, that might take like it's such a big company. That's like a six month process. That's like mm -hmm. a one year process. So I think uh, what not is they listen to the to the streamers and, and the buyers so much and they can adjust on the fly. Like, the, you know, the year that I've been there, the app has changed so much and all for the better. You know what I mean? So, you know, not always for the better, but they can adjust quickly is my point. So mm -hmm. as far as what can they do better? I don't know. I think they're doing everything they can to, to, you know, stay current with the times. So for folks who are audio only, Keen is wearing a hat that has a big yellow W. He has a sweatshirt on that has a huge W. I'm just kidding. Um, I think that's really great. Um, but here's the thing, though, just to just to kind of probe a little bit more in that answer to the first question. Yeah, I think that the fast turnover on inventory does directly correlate with the number of viewers in the room or yeah. actually maybe maybe the the final sale price correlates with the number of viewers in the room because 
as we know that the more people you have in the room more interest more a, a card can sell for yep. but i mean I, I i guess i'm just trying to figure out like other other selling platforms right i'll just say them because we're talking about whatnot you know trip card shop live they have um an auction platform where you can sell a card for 30 in 30 seconds it may not go for the amount you want because we don't you don't have the number of viewers right so i guess my question is you know what is it specifically about whatnot that gives it an advantage like like i guess i'm asking you in a way like what would prevent you or why why wouldn't you want to go to another platform such as such as uh drip or cart shop live and i'm sorry if i forgot the other ones loop and all that stuff yeah um i just think they have a bit, the biggest audience out of all of them besides like ebay live you know they just have mm -hmm. the biggest built-in audience and i think that's a credit to them because for me, I don't know. I wasn't part of it, but from the beginning, they went for the after the influencers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they got uh, Mojo on there super early. They got Car Collector Two on there super early, and then right. they 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 pay. I don't, I'm sure they paid them out to partner with them, um, and then get their user base onto whatnot with them, which is like super smart because mm -hmm. like in this day and age in 2020, 2023, like more consumers seem to be aligning with people rather than corporations you know what i'm saying mm -hmm, right so they'll they'll follow the car collector twos they'll follow the roth cards they'll follow the mojos um wherever you know where they go um whereas they won't you know they, they won't follow the, the 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 old the old format like they used to so i i mean again i i think maybe what i'm hearing from you is that is the number one and main and one a one b one c the main advantage that whatnot has for someone such as yourself as a single streaming seller is number of viewers and just audience you user base, user uh, base. like and then um i've never really been on on um uh, uh the other apps but mm -hmm. just how 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 like seamless the ui is the user interface okay. you know what i mean yeah. i think that's really big too um and if you i won't name it names but if you go on the other ones and just yeah. take a peek around, like you'll see what, what I'm talking like what the difference is. You know what I mean? Seamless well, user interface. That's good. But but first of all, I mean, like it it is the buyer base because like I'm not gonna if I go onto another app and I see like five people in a room, you know, yeah. I only see three people live, and then like some of them have 15 and some of them, I was like, I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? That's like going to a dead card show. Like, I'm yeah, it's time to go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so you <laughs> with with people being nice in your stream um i, I imagine because i remember this back when i i have bought uh from you like a, a long time ago but like you put up cards for a dollar but you know when you do that when you have an active lively room that think cards are going to sell for close to comps because you have the confidence that the room is going to like just get it up there right i mean so uh, can you talk to that a little bit maybe like the the room atmosphere and just kind of that yeah, I mean, you have to have a certain amount of people to be able to run a, a card and, and expect it to get to that amount. Like, it's not going to be, you know, one person, two, three people. If you have like 60, 70 people in there, you know, mm -hmm. it's a lot better. But even then, like, it's it's all just just hit or miss, right? Like, because sometimes I'll have the most popping room, but, you know, a card sells for 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 70, you know, 30% under comps. And mm -hmm. it sucks, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't look at it that way, like, because... Customer acquisition, you, like I said earlier. Customer acquisition, but the biggest thing is... Am I profitable in the long term? Yeah, I'm, I'll lose on one car, but am I profitable in the long term? You know what I mean? So, you know, I like to harp on a little bit and make fun. Like, oh, that sucks. Like, damn, man, how am I going to keep the lights on? Like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm going to keep the lights on. Like I said, we're eating ramen for the week, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm 
I'm working on being very sharp with my books and, you know, having my account, you know, working with my accounting team and knowing how everything looks. So look, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm green and the bills are paid at, at the end of the month, like, I don't care if, if a card sold for 30% of comps. Right. Like, so have this, you, this yeah. sucks, but a, a good example I use is three, three weeks ago, I had three cards that I spent $2,300 on mm -hmm. and I sold them on eBay and they ended totally at $1,300. So I lost a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? On eBay. Yeah. On eBay. And I probably would have lost the same on whatnot. But the point is I lost a thousand bucks and it sucks. A, I learned my lesson. I know not to get those cards again or to be, get them a lot cheaper, but B, I'm still green at the end of the month. So, yeah. You know what I mean? But that also, if I, if I don't learn from that and I don't say, okay, well, if I'm losing a thousand bucks every time I buy a car like that, that's a problem. But like, you know what I mean? Like I, you, you can't harp on the L's too much. You know what I'm saying? Cause the whole thing has got to be a giant W. So if you're going to have a, lot, a bunch of little, no one wins, no one wins every single deal, every single transaction. Like, but when you're doing repetition and you're doing volume, those L's become so insignificant. You know what I mean? A giant yellow W. I feel like, uh, this doesn't become a uh, not a sponsorship or whatnot, but it's so funny that uh, you know I, I've had you on because you are like such a successful entertaining. Um, that's the other thing is like you play music, you're rapping, you're you're engaging with the chat. The chat's engaging with you. It's like positive. Yeah. It's fun. Um, have you ever been pressured to put up like a four? Because you just brought up uh, four figure cards. Have yeah. you ever been pressured to put up a four figure card, uh, starting it at a dollar by the by the chat? Yeah, all the time. All the time. How yeah. do you deal with that room pressure? Because in my earlier episode about, you know, my experiences in buying, selling and trading on, you know, whatnot and in person and all that is yeah. you want the room to feel inviting and fun and all that. But you also get to control, right? You as the streamer, you get to control what's on the screen, what you set things at, what it yeah. ends. Well, not what it ends at, but you know, whether you put it up for auction or there is that option of, you know, almost like a buy it now on eBay, like you put it in the store in whatnot's uh, stream in your stream. Right. So when it comes to the pressure of the room, can you, can you kind of like talk to, talk to me about it? Yeah. I mean, so somebody said, if they say, Hey, run that, run that a uh, thousand dollar card at a dollar. Yeah. I, I just say, Hey, you, you go first. <laughs> That's like, like, I don't, you know, I'm gonna do it, you know, it's it's just like that. But that also, that also talks to the dynamic in the room and the kind of culture that gets created. Not that I try to create, but just from the different types of people that are in there. And I'm, I'm live a total of like 15, 16 hours a week. And you're in there with mm -hmm. the you know, same few people. There's yeah. a dynamic that you build. There's like a, uh, you know what I mean? There's like a culture. The same way when you hang out, if you take a long enough road trip with your friends or, you know, you hang out with your friends long enough, like you're going to be inside jokes to get for them, you know? So if if people if if I say that and like like hey you go first then the person that comes in there at the first time damn this guy's kind of a jerk but they don't understand that that's kind of like the rapport that, that we yes, built you mean absolutely and then sometimes I, I I've seen it I've experienced it it's like when people want to support you and they don't even know you right I mean they know your voice or I I, I guess for you they know your face um but it's almost like you didn't ask anyone to have your back, but the chat almost has your back, right? Yeah. It's like when an outsider comes in and says something ridiculous, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just and like, I got to calm them down sometimes. Yeah. Right. You, the, the Cause they, they really, they really get like rabid with their, with their uh, defense of you. Cause they, their loyalty. Yeah. yeah. As, 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 as the same way I would be with them if we were all hanging out in a room and somebody comes and just says something sideways. I'm like, Hey, come on. Like, just right. chill. 
mean? But and that is that, a ridiculous that, thing. Building the rapport and yeah. building the, the relationships. Yeah, no, it's wild that in this day and age with social media, same thing too, right? I mean, there are things people say in chat or like on on social media that you would never say to someone's face. Yeah. It's just that it's the anonymity of the internet where you're just like saying wild things and people are just like, and that's, you know, that immediately escalates things. So, you, man, um, I, could, I could start a nice little book with some of the DMs I get. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, th thank you for answering my DMs to be on this show. I know we have about 10 more minutes. I want to, I want to hit up a little bit uh, for every guest I generally like to kind of get to know them i know you talked about your origin story a little bit and and you know starting in 2019 but i, I kind of wanted to probe a little bit more just uh maybe not even for like the listeners education or to learn from this but more of like just to kind of humanize you some more um we talked you mentioned culture and i know we weren't talking about like culture from a like a, a asian american or representation standpoint but you're asian american i'm asian american and mm -hmm. I think representation matters a lot and, you know, to have you on, uh, means a lot to me. And so, and for you to succeed, I, I love it. You know, my Asian brother, like you, you're, you're crushing it, absolutely crushing it. So I wanted to ask you, you know, little keen before you were big keen and, you know, like, I know you said you're socially awkward and all that. I, I have a hard time believing that, but like when you were small, like, you know, like, w did you grow up in California? Like where, where like, I just want a little bit more from your origin story about like how you came to be and like, you know, how, how strongly do you carry like your Asian American identity? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I was born in the Philippines uh, and then we came here uh, when I was pretty young uh, and I've pretty much spent my whole life here in the Bay Area, California. And uh, it's a very diverse culture here. There's a lot of, you know, just Asians and, you know, you know, Chinese people, Vietnamese people, Filipino people uh, here. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like how how it's it's kind of a maybe I got to get out more, but like how proud you carry. Of course, I'm very proud, um, but uh, it's 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 not something that that is kind of like that stands out over here because we're just it's a, such a diverse place over here. But um, again, it's like it, it's it's part of uh, who I am in the chat and and everything. It's like you know, like there's times where we play like a. Uh, uh, you know, we start, okay, we're gonna start the stream. We're gonna play the national anthems. We start with the Filipino national anthem and then we start with, and then we come with the American national anthem. So, you know, very proud, very proud of it. You know what I mean? It's part of That's who I am. So you are a big Manny Pacquiao fan then? Absolutely. You have Absolutely. to Absolutely. You yeah. have his cards? I'm a big Floyd Mayweather fan too though, so. Oh, are you? Okay, yeah. so do you PC his cards? Like, I don't even know if there are Manny Pacquiao cards out there. Manny Pacquiao cards, like I said, because like there's a lot of Filipinos out here. They're kind of easy to find. They're just like okay. Steph Curry cards out here. So um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't PC them because I could get, I feel like I can get a Manny Pacquiao auto card anytime over here. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I just love, uh, yeah, just, just, just love, love him and love, uh, love all that stuff. No, that's, that's well to me. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing that because, you know, here I am like thinking, um, you know, I live in a pretty diverse area of the country as well. And I would not take it. I don't, I, I do not take it for granted. I'm not saying you are either, but it's almost like it's like baked in. Right. I mean, it's like, it's easier to stand out when you are like one, when you're in very undiverse not diverse area of the country or again we're talking about america right i mean this is a podcast in america yeah. um shout out to my germany listener <laughs> uh -huh. and and 15 from canada i don't know how many raw numbers that is but 15 from canada but we're talking about america here and we you know um we live in very diverse areas where it's not we don't stand out like sore thumbs because right. we have our you know uh many uh 
Latinx, African American, uh, Asian uh, brothers and sisters all over the place, right? So, um, no, it's I also, really appreciate it's also that. Funny too, because I remember one of the YouTube videos I was in. I was in uh, one of the vlogs. I was in the show, and then it just happened to be, and I realized after like, I was just talking with a bunch of like you know the rooms full of like uh you know Filipinos, Asians, Vietnamese, because that's the community out here. A lot of the mm -hmm. community out here for car collecting. And then one of the comments said like. Wait, this is in America? <laughs> I was like laughing. I was like, oh yeah, there is a lot of just like like Asians or Filipinos in that room. But that's the last our collecting community for you. Last few minutes, I gotta talk about the food. Cause I, I've been to I've been to uh, probably not yeah, I've been to the Bay Area. I just haven't been to like say like Sacramento, North Carolina, but I've been to LA, I've been to San Francisco, and the food is just unreal and you yeah. do uh the, the 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 phrase the word mukbang is actually a korean word for like uh eating room it's like uh it's almost like you watch other people eat which is yeah. again it's the internet people it's crazy but you put in your vlogs you sharing your food and like eating it and like i mean some of the food you eat i'm just like oh that looks so amazingly good what so what are, what's uh some of your favorite cuisine what are your favorite dishes um i've been really uh uh, what what nationality are you, by the way? I'm um, Korean. Korean, Korean okay. American. Yeah. Um. So like. Um. Oh wait, can I just say shout out to Quarters in Bar in uh L A uh, downtown L A. Quarters has like the most amazing Korean barbecue I've had, even better than in Korea. I mean, it's nice. just amazing. Quarters. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. Um, Go ahead. So some of my favorite meals. Um. Uh. I mean, I'm a steak and potatoes guy. I like my my ribeye, uh, medium mm. rare. As far as meals that I get around here, um, I love this. Uh, I love getting camarones a la diabla. They got we got really good Mexican food out here, uh, so that's like spicy shrimp. Um, and then I like getting. Uh, I've been I've been on a spicy fix lately, so I also like uh, was that Szechuan food. Uh, yeah, that lately. Bombo, oh, was it Bombo Hue? Uh, Vietnamese um, uh, pho, but then the spicy one. Oh. That's yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of my, my vibe right there. And of course, like there's a like all the amazing Filipino food that's out here. You know what I mean? Garlic rice, throw an egg on it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, your choice of meat, delicious. Soul food, food for the soul. Oh my goodness. So yeah, so to that spicy shrimp, the Diablo, that that's not something you get at Chili's or uh Tex Mex. <laughs> like, no, no, no. That is like straight, authentic, like Mexican exactly. food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't have a Filipino person cooking that. That's gotta be straight <laughs> from the straight from the origins you know what i mean absolutely like a like a grandma like a nona like in, in abuelita, abuelo, abuelita yeah abuela. oh my <laughs> goodness um i i that might be where we end because um i want to be mindful of your time this is the shortest interview i've done which is crazy because <laughs> we're already at 55 minutes but i'm getting better i'm getting quicker i think but um i want to say thank you so much for your time uh, i feel like I learned a lot from how to stream on whatnot uh, if I ever decide to do that again, but just more of like, you know, there is an art and a science to, like you said, with the accounting and the bookkeeping, like yeah. there is a lot of skills to learn. You are not built overnight. You have mm -hmm. to put in the reps, the hours, the vlogs every day to get better as a content creator. You have to uh, deal with like, you know, streams early on and taking losses, like you said, to get to where you are. So when people jump into your room, Keen's room on whatnot in 2023, they're seeing someone who's put in the reps, the hours. Mm. And so I got to say, like, kudos to you, my brother. Like, you are just crushing it. And really, like, I, I may not see you in national, but really, um, you know, I hope to see you in the future someday soon. So any final words you wanted to say? 
Uh, no, I want to say that you're a fantastic interviewer. This has been very <laughs> fun. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Awesome. Thank you. Well, uh, I guess I, I really don't have a good way to close my podcast, but I, I will say goodbye in both American. We will not play the any national anthems, but I am going to say to my one German listener, uh, Auf Wiedersehen, mm. which is goodbye in German. So could you could you just give us one Auf Wiedersehen for our uh, German listener here? Is it Auf Wiedersehen or Auf Wiedersehen? Oh, man, you are like bringing it. Uh, I think it's the former. I think it's S-E-H-E-N at the end. Auf Wiedersehen. Like Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. I like it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kane. You have a wonderful rest of your day. You as well. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you.